The Annex Wealth Management Show on 92.5 Fox News is hosted by Annex Wealth Management, a fee-only registered investment advisor. Important information about the qualifications and business practices of Annex is available at AnnexWealth.com. Different types of investments involve varying degrees of risk. Please consult with a qualified fiduciary advisor about your specific situation. Annex Wealth Management is a proud member of the Barron's Top Advisor List and the Financial Times Top 300. Know the difference. It's Team Tech Trust. And good morning, Southwest Florida. Here we go. Annex Wealth Management shows on the air at 92.5 Fox News. My name is Danny Clayton. You might be wondering, guys, how I lured Derek into the studio. I brought mimosas, and you know why? Derek, any idea? No, I really don't have an idea. It is our one-year anniversary on 92.5 Fox oh, News. Oh, fantastic. Yeah, fantastic. So it's good being here. And I'll tell you this. You listen up and down the radio dial, you listen to this radio station, you'll hear a lot of financial advisors. Hopefully in the last year, you've noticed the difference with Annex Wealth Management. I kind of got ahead of myself. Derek Felsky is our chief investment officer. Good morning. Good morning to you. Didn't forget about you, Dave Spano, president and CEO of Annex Wealth Management. Good morning, Danny. Yeah, Happy nice job. Yep, clink, clink. And those are the glasses uh, early this Sunday morning. But uh, so much to talk about. You know, I think what we have to start is how we ended on Friday. The NASDAQ is in correction territory. And that is something that we have to take a look at. And Apple closed in bear territory down 20%. And the reason why I bring that up for for the obvious reasons, but we spent a lot of time over the last number of weeks, Derek, talking about the stock market as an indicator or predictor of who would win the election, and we went back to 1928, and since that time, if the market rallies the 90 days into the election, the incumbent's party generally wins, wins 87% of the time. I hate to tell folks who are conservatives, on August 3rd, 90 days ago, the S&P was at 3294, closed on Friday. Friday at 3270 in negative territory from that point. Right. So that would suggest that uh, the incumbents party has a has a problem on Election Day only two days away. Uh, but generally speaking, this is a difficult week for a lot of folks in a sense because, you know, we had terrific earnings reports. And in many cases, companies that beat estimates, beat revenue estimates were sold off basically as profit taking ensued. And one of the things we have talked about is, you know, more and more money was going into the FANG stocks plus Microsoft. And while all of those companies have terrific fundamentals, they had had enormous runs into earnings reports. So profit taking was somewhat natural, really. And well, profit profit taking and the anticipation that if there is a blue wave, what does that mean to taxes and tax rates and capital gains taxes? And do you book some of them? However, we did not do that as a firm. We want to wait and see how this thing actually plays out. Because even if there is a different person at 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue, but the Senate stays red, that means the tax rates may not change. You know, there's certainly a number of concerns. We see a resurgence in cases, particularly in Europe, and some lockdowns, and some people are starting to force that thought on the United States. Yeah, well, we saw that. El Paso, Texas, on Friday announced they're going to do a two-week shutdown. We heard that France and Germany are doing the same. And this economic recovery, though, has been extremely sharp off the lows in March and April. It's starting to flag a little bit, which is one of the reasons why why the, the lack of a stimulus bill, I think, discouraged some, because right now the composition of the government is really
really going to determine the size of that stimulus package. And the recovery in many ways is dependent on income replacement over organic growth until we solve the virus problem. So we talked about a lot of negativity. There is some positive. And Danny, you know, you've been in radio a long time. You'll remember the Rolling Stones song in the late 60s called Gimme Shelter. Gimme Shelter. Uh, just a shot away. I what I'm, right? Yep. Just a shot away. And what that means is if we get a vaccine, could we have a resurgence? Can we get back to life as normal? But on top of that, Derek, we had a GDP report, a number that we have not seen in our in our careers. No, the GDP number for the third quarter came in at a 33% annualized rebound, unprecedented in size. It still leaves the economy about 3.5% below where it was in the final quarter of, of 2019. But by comparison, the EU, Europe, they only saw a 12% annualized increase in GDP. So it really does show you the U.S. economy has bounced back rather dramatically. And in many ways, incomes were adequately replaced by the PPP and other uh, fiscal programs that allowed people to, to get through this period. Uh, and hopefully we'll see a big stimulus package post the election. So fiscal fiscal stimulus, as well as we know where monetary policy is going to be, and it doesn't matter who wins the election, likely that Chairman Powell stays as the Fed chair, which means interest rates stay low. So this is the time more than ever, folks, to go through your portfolio, know what you paid for the stock, know why you own that stock, know what the tax ramifications are and how it fits into your portfolio. We say it often, know the difference. It is Team Tech Trust. With team, it's one team. Investment, retirement planning, tax planning, estate planning, in-house, ready for you. One plan, a complete plan that is yours and yours alone. We don't pull that thing off the shelf. And one fee, as a fee-only fiduciary, we're talking about zero commissions. A Barron's Top Advisor, a four-time member of the Financial Times Top 300, a fee-only fiduciary partner, you can do it. Welcome to November. You can do it in November. Head to our website, AnnexWealth.com, and click the Get Started button. We'll be back. This is the Annex Wealth Management Show on 92.5 Fox News. It seems like so much of our future is tied to the global pandemic and upcoming election. But there's no better time to get an honest review of where you are and where you're headed and what choices you have looking ahead. Contact Annex Wealth Management today. Set up a time where we can meet in person or securely online and get a free portfolio review from a local, independent, fee-only fiduciary. Know the difference. Get started at AnnexWealth.com. Planning and investment insight from a fee-only fiduciary, and we put that in writing. This is the Annex Wealth Management Show. Dean Phillips, Director of Client Learning and Development, ACFP and ACDFA. Welcome back to the show. Thanks for having me, Danny. What we're about to talk about isn't designed to create division. In fact, it's the opposite. We're going to tackle the disparity when it comes to who takes care of the, quote, money stuff in a relationship. And Deanne, when a married female makes the decision to leave that money stuff to her partner, is she giving her financial power away? Well, Danny, I absolutely believe so. So among among well-educated professional women, almost half leave financial decisions to their male partners. Truth, across generations and professions of all ages, they're doing it. Is this a lack of confidence? Is this complacency? Is this keeping the peace? It's actually across the board for many reasons, Danny. So sometimes it's feeling inadequate and learning the jargon, and we know there's a lot in finance. Sometimes it's just, oh, you just feel stupid when faced with something that feels so foreign. And then sometimes they're faced with the decision to get up to speed on their investments and finances, which they think they should, but might not actually have the time with a full-time job or the inclination to do so. So then what happens is it becomes becomes this insurmountable task, so they leave it to their partner. 
According to a recent survey, most women simply believe their partners know best. Okay, i got to stick up for the guys here. I've got to say, at least in my marriage, I'm more interested in financial matters than my wife. Right, right. So usually we do see a division of financial responsibilities in a joint household. Uh, Now, I'll admit, as a professional woman of finance, my husband and I split our roles in our household. Historically, I've done the money management, asset allocation, and selection. I have most of my money professionally managed, mind you, here at Annex, because I'm busy doing other things, like sitting with clients and not watching my own accounts. There are professionals with proper software and analytic tools for offsetting risk in my portfolio and we know we all need that now my spouse however takes care of the budgeting the bill paying however this is important and we're actually doing this exercise right now my husband and i sat down last night and this morning every so often at least twice a year we sit down and make sure we know what each other's doing what's being paid online what are the passwords what are the urls where is our asset allocation how is it currently fitting our financial planning needs like we have upcoming college tuition so how will that impact our plan i'm doing our year-end tax estimate for our tax planning needs coincidentally these are all things we do regularly for our clients at annex Deanne Phillips, you're a CDFA, that's a certified divorce financial analyst. Do you see cases where marriages end because of financial disagreements that come to a head? Maybe somebody all of a sudden says, I want more representation here. I have certainly seen so, yes, and particularly around undisclosed debt that one spouse hides from another. Now, we call that financial infidelity, but mostly it's the dismay that comes after the marriage ends, and the disempowered, financially disconnected spouse is then trying to learn and reconnect during a very stressful period of adjustment. Okay, let's flip things around. Is one partner carrying all the investment, financial, and estate planning decisions, is that a burden on that person? Well, here's food for thought. When a woman places all the responsibility on her partner, which according to this recent study is about 16% of cases, it's not fair to themselves. I mean, think of what happens if something happens to that partner. And it's not fair to her spouse either, because that spouse, working for both of them, but just by himself, might be undergoing assumptions that may or may not be good for the woman, the female half of that couple. Like maybe, is he investing for longevity that the woman might have in her family? Eight out of 10 women will be alone and responsible for their financial situation at some point in their lives. We have to remember this. Okay. Am I guilty if I've told my wife, Suzanne, listen, if anything happens to me, we'll be in good hands because I, too, am a client at Annex Wealth Management, that I would say, go talk to the crew there. Absolutely. So part of our job as holistic financial planners is to kind of reinsure and make sure that if something tragically happens to one spouse, even temporarily, the remainder person is not going to be thrown for a financial loop. So these are discussions we have. And there's a plan in place, right? So you're following the plan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So You know, all of this can be fixed, but it really starts from a 300-foot kind of a level first. It might be time to have a heart-to-heart talk with yourself first. Why aren't you involved if you're disconnected in your own finances? Is it habit? Is it a pattern? Is that what happened in the household while you were growing up? Did the dad always take care of the finances? Or are you feeling some fear and anxiety, feeling you have to learn a whole new language of finance? Do you hold on to an old belief system that says, ooh, we shouldn't talk about finances, money causes fights? So in other words, get to the heart of why you're putting it off. Then, ask yourself where you'd like to be in your future, 5, 10, heck, even 20 years out. How do you envision your lifestyle and financial picture? What would change if you were running the money? Would charitable or family giving look different? Would a travel budget post-COVID, of course, look different? Then once you've thought about all these things, and keep in mind, remember, Danny, 
These are not questions like, how much money do we actually need? These are much larger values-oriented questions, and they matter to both partners. So then engage your partner. Ask them the same questions about money behaviors, patterns, visions for the future. Share your answers, too. Have a good heart-to-heart on these issues. And this works for anyone sharing finances with anyone. Young people just about to get married, ready to have a baby, couples coming up on retirement, all the way through. Dean Phillips, Director of Client Learning and Development, a CFP and a CDFA, knows her stuff. Thanks for your time. <laughs> Thanks for having me. This is the Annex Wealth Management Show. We'll be right back on 92.5. Cut through Fox the clutter News. with Axiom, the weekly newsletter from Annex Wealth Management. Subscribe today for seven insights built and delivered to you every Sunday. It'll help you navigate the markets and the things that affect your money. The Axiom. Sign up at AnnexWealth.com. Team. Tech. Trust. Straight talk from a fee-only fiduciary. It's time to know the difference. This is the Annex Wealth Management Show. We're back. Time for Ask Annex. Got a question for us? Head to our website, AnnexWealth.com. Click the Ask button. I'm Danny Clayton. Dirk Felsky, our Chief Investment Officer, is here now, joined in studio by Mark Beck, Director of Wealth Management Services. Dave Spano's still hanging out, and we're going to get to you in a second, my friend. Yes, sir. Uh, let's get to a couple, and then we're going to get to some that people are asking Dave about. In fact, i got to imagine the three of you guys are constantly beset upon. Do you like that? Beset, beset upon mm-hmm. with questions from people. So we're going to do that. First one's from Donald. How do I waive my RMD for 2020? Well, this one's a simple one. You don't really have to do anything. The CARES Act was passed earlier this year in response to the pandemic, and it waived the required minimum distributions for 2020. So if you typically would have had one in 2020, you didn't have to take your RMD for the year, and you don't really have to do anything. It's in the rules. Next up is from Dennis. Why do you believe lockdowns are more detrimental to small businesses than large? Well, I mean, that's that's overly simplistic, but that has been the case. I mean, the original PPP was designed to aid small businesses in order to allow them to basically get from one end from one end of the chasm to the other without laying off all their employees and essentially fracturing their their futures. But the evidence is mounting that small businesses are more likely to have solvency issues in, than larger biz, larger companies who have greater access to the capital markets and the rest. And remember, many of these small businesses are in areas of the economy that have been really negatively impacted by the virus since we are a consumer-driven society, whereas the stock market, generally speaking, has allocations that are far different than the overall economy. You know, I want to add to that is a couple things. Number one, we talk about the small cap index, and shockingly, you gave me some numbers. Yeah, about 48% of the companies in the Russell 2000 currently make no money. So, you know, that's always been a problem, right? How do you value a business that doesn't make any money? You have to make heroic assumptions about future growth, future products, and the rest. And it's one of the reasons small caps have lagged up to this point. And so you look at small cap index and say half those companies approximately are not going to make any money. And the other thing that what I would point out is when you think about the dichotomy between Main Street and Wall Street, it is huge in the fact that a lot of these massive companies are international companies. Well, then then have a great deal of international exposure. And then that's another other key point, you know, as we consider our allocations in the future, assuming there's a change in leadership, what will the dollar do and how will that impact our portfolio and where we ought to go tactically? And I did got a couple of questions while we're, we're here. And the questions that we're, we are hearing is you can't get away from these housing reports that came out. And Derek, the housing report that we saw was stunning. Yeah, existing home sales were up 9% in September, up 20% year over year. We had the lowest inventory of new homes since 2002. Uh, median prices were up 15% 
3% year over year. So the housing market has V'd. You remember, I remember in March and April talking about sectors that we wanted to be exposed to that had the prospects of a V recovery. Well, certainly housing was one. Retail sales was another. Buying goods, not experiences. And China was the third. You know, and by the way, when we talk about housing that has improved, Danny, did you see the number of second homes that, that had gone up? Vacation and resort homes up 34%. Yep. So people are going and grabbing second homes. But given that information, Mark, you know, there seems like there's opportunities to invest when you get new information. Where can people invest based on what we found out? I just think about it in terms of clients that we're working with that might be in exactly that situation. And sometimes they've been thinking about buying that second home. And oftentimes also, by the way, relocation. And so this is a great time for folks that are thinking about selling their house and they're either downsizing or they're just simply relocating. We're hearing anecdotally stories over and over now where the house sells for more than the asking price. So we're back in that environment where they have multiple offers. They're choosing an offer based on the merits, which is, by the way, financial strength. And so if you're a buyer and you're a client of Annex, we kind of help you position to be able to accomplish that as well. And you think about names when you talk about that industry and just fire a couple out just to give, uh, Derek, just a couple of the names that people would think about in that industry. Well, Pulte Homes, uh, Lennar would be another. Then you can think about building products companies like Masco or Sherwin-Williams or any number of, of derivative plays on housing. One of the things about housing that's so important, it is leads to other purchases, whether it's appliances, landscaping work, and the rest. That's why the housing market is critical to the growth of the U.S. economy. Annex Wealth Management Show, 92.5 Fox News, now with Brian Fiore, Branch Director, Annex Wealth Management Naples. Hey, Brian, good morning. Welcome to November. Good morning, Danny. Yes, another month in this unusual year. <laughs> Amen. You speak with a lot of people, clients, maybe prospective clients, people at the grocery store, on the golf course. What is on people's minds? Quite a few things. Let's start with Social Security. Um, there's been some things in the press lately and about Social Security maybe going broke. And if you really look at it, it's been around 85 years. I think it's the 85th anniversary this year. So I think the people that are running it kind of have an idea what they're doing. And there is some truth to it. If they don't do anything, the folks that run it, um, then at some point, the taxes that are being paid coming in aren't going to cover the benefits going out. And it's going to keep doing that. And eventually, it will go broke for but we're humans and we adjust and we adapt. So I think the chances that we don't make any adjustments, like in 1983, that was the last time there were major adjustments. They did things like raise the full retirement age. They increased the payroll tax to fund a little bit more. They actually introduced an income tax on taxing some of the benefits. So those things are going to happen again. So I think the, the myth or the notion that it's going to go broke sometime soon is not really accurate. What else are people talking about? This year, because of the different acts in Congress, CARES Act and things like that, the required minimum distribution. Uh, I think most people realize that they don't have to take it or it, that there was a choice, but they're so accustomed to doing it that even sometimes they do it in September, October, November, later in the year. And I even get asked now, are you sure I don't have to take it? Um, so yeah, this year, because of what's gone on in the CARES Act and all the uh, legislation, you do not have to take distribution from your IRA. You can, but it is income and it is taxable income if you do. So it's up to you if you need to or want to. What's on people's minds? Brian Fiore is here talking about that. Anything else? Sometimes we talk about, should I use a traditional IRA this year, a Roth IRA? The answer is aforementioned, yes. Use you use a traditional I or IRA or Roth IRA. It goes down to your situation. So if you're working, you're earning wages, you can always deposit into an IRA. It's just the question is, is it tax deductible or not? So if you make too much money, it's not tax deductible. And then if that's the case, then maybe a Roth IRA is a better option. But again, there's income limits on that, which are higher. But if you, if you make too much money as a 
filing couple jointly or individually, you may not be able to make a Roth contribution. So just depending on where you fit, yes, use one or the other. I think trying to get into the manipulation of which one's better and trying to predict where you're going to be in 20 years and 30 years and when you're going to use the money is something you can do if you like that sort of thing, but it's not that critical. I think the critical thing is, yes, use the IRA or Roth IRA as you can. Alex Wealth Management, a fee-only fiduciary. We want to set you up with investment, retirement planning, tax planning, estate planning, our website, AnnexWealth.com. Click that Get Started button. Brian Fiore, Annex Wealth Management Naples Branch Director, thanks for your time today. Thank you, Danny, as always. Pleasure. Stick around. There's more to come. This is the Annex Wealth Management Show on 92.5 Fox News. It seems like so much of our future is tied to the global pandemic and upcoming election. But there's no better time to get an honest review of where you are and where you're headed and what choices you have looking ahead. Contact Annex Wealth Management today. Set up a time where we can meet in person or securely online and get a free portfolio review from a local, independent, fee-only fiduciary. Know the difference. Get started at AnnexWealth.com. Cut through the clutter with Axiom, the weekly newsletter from Annex Wealth Management. Subscribe today for seven insights built and delivered to you every Sunday. It'll help you navigate the markets and the things that affect your money. The Axiom. Sign up at AnnexWealth.com. Custom-tailored investment and retirement planning from a fee-only fiduciary. Know the difference. This is the Annex Wealth Management Show. And we're back. Website, AnnexWealth.com. By the way, this is our one-year anniversary at 92.5 Fox News. We are glad to be here. Hopefully, in the last year, you have noticed that uh, there's something different about this uh, investment firm. Know the difference, folks. Team Tech Trust. It's one team. It's one plan. It's one fee as a fee-only fiduciary. I'm Danny Clayton. Derek Felsky, our chief investment officer, is here. Dave Spano, president and CEO, Annex Wealth Management. Thanks, Danny. You know, a lot of times, people confuse volatility with risk and there really is opportunity in front of us and you have to just start to look for it but you know there's things that we are looking at is uh, you know should we be concerned about that for example crude oil down 11 percent for the week and then you think about institutions like municipal governments who aren't getting the funding who aren't getting the opportunity to pay their debt and that is a concern as well so you look at your municipal bond portfolio you look at your exxon your chevrons your other energy stocks and say where do we go from here. I mean, one of the things I always like to focus on are the credit markets, particularly during hard stock market sell-offs, because, you know, the thing we need to avoid, obviously, is a, a double-dip recession, right? We had a recession in the first and second quarters, essentially. And what I noticed over the last, you know, 10 days, while the S&P dropped about 8% since the beginning of earnings season, is the credit markets have remained very stable. We haven't seen much of a sell-off in the high-yield bond market. Corporate bonds have held up very well. And that's part and parcel because the Federal Reserve has said they're going to backstop those markets in the event of any kind of dislocation. So I think that's a good sign that the economy isn't falling off a cliff by any stretch of the imagination. And then real quickly, and I don't want to get too deep in the weeds here on Sunday morning, but uh, we talk about beta. And can you just real quickly explain what that means to the listeners? Well, what beta is essentially is a, is a measure of the volatility of a particular stock or sector versus the S&P 500. So if a stock has a beta of two, that means it's twice as volatile as the S&P 500. 
500. So if the S&P 500 goes up 1%, that stock or, or sector ought to go up 2%. And the opposite is true as well. And again, what you see sometimes during these types of sell-offs is beta beta stocks, the high volatility stocks, you know, drag the market lower. But many stocks that are high priced or have surprisingly low betas. Like, for example, most people would not believe this, but Apple's beta is well below one. Right. And what below one means it's less volatile than the market. And so therefore you go across and say, what is working as this market has come down? You know, Amazon's down 15% from its high. Apple's down 20%. But you look across and say, what stocks are performing well? And of course, not surprisingly, if you believe the polls, solar stocks, insurance companies, they've been doing better. They have been, um, although surprisingly in the last, you know, several weeks, you know, one of the areas of the market that had been really weak was regional banks. And they're a big chunk of the S&P small cap index, and they've held up very well. Again, they have more exposure to the domestic economy, a lot of exposure to real estate. But we all know the housing market's been in pretty good shape. Uh, so there are going to be all sorts of tactical opportunities that will present themselves going forward. And that's the job of our investment committee is to ferret those out and take advantage of it. Yeah, and that, that is funny. You know, I looked at sometimes in the past that we have seen capital gains taxes go up. And you'll think this is funny, but, you know, Alcoholic beverage sales went up, tobacco sales went up, and, and his is called correlation. Uh, healthcare products, demand for healthcare products also went up. So you have to look at when capital gains taxes go up, who does better and who doesn't, and that's the reason why you have to go through your portfolio. We do this on a daily basis, Danny. We sure do, and we can do it for you. Head to our website, AnnexWealth.com. Click the Get Started button. Listen, while you're there, take a look at last Tuesday's webinar, What the U.S. Election Means for Investors. That was the third of four that we're doing. It is stellar. It's very good. We look at it with a surgeon's precision, what the U.S. election means for investors. That and the Get Started button waiting for you at AnnexWealth.com. That's it for us. See you in a week. This is the Annex Wealth Management Show on 92.5 Fox News. The Annex Wealth Management Show is hosted by Annex Wealth Management, a fee-only registered investment advisor. Important information about the qualifications and business practices of Annex is available at AnnexWealth.com. Different types of investments involve varying degrees of risk. Please consult with a qualified fiduciary advisor about your specific situation.